be with you all here. I do love your pastor and his wife. Will you help me just show that love by giving them an incredible big round of applause? Amen. You may be seated. Uh, we do have three kids, Reeve, Haley, and Elin. Elin, our 12-year-old, is at uh, Clyde. And then our 19-year-old daughter uh, is back home running the show. And our 22-year-old uh, son is in Poland. He is a soldier with the United States Army. Uh, Levin Bravo, if you're interested in that kind of stuff. He's, um, yeah. I love Reeve. He Reeve's a trip. He is. Um, he 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 has never <laughs> failed to give Lanita and I some good stories to share with people, and uh, that's one of the great things about him. So uh, when he was a little kid, about I don't know, maybe eight or nine years old, uh, when they were little, we used to always go to their room. We would tuck them in at night, and we would pray with them. They always wanted us to tell a story uh, to them about something you know from our past, and I would share. A, uh, a story it got to the point it ran out of stories had to start making up stories anybody else done that you know you you made yourself look like a hero to your kids and so one night I tucked Reeve into bed and uh, we had talked and everything and I was walking out of, the, out of his room and I turned the light out and getting ready to close the door and I hear his little little voice little eight nine-year-old voice you know dad and I, I paused for a moment I stepped back in his room I'm like yeah Reeve he said can I ask you a question I was like, yeah, son, sure, what's your question? I, did, I had no idea where this was going. And he just looked, he looks at me and he says, um, can we move? <laughs> like, well, why? You know, like, what, where, where's that coming from that, that we need to move? And he said, well, and I could just tell, even though he's in his bed, I could just tell he kind of sunk down a little bit. And he said, well, I've had a rough time in school lately. And I've done some things I probably shouldn't have done, and I'm wondering what does an eight and nine-year-old do that they shouldn't have done, and I've said some things to people, and I've kind of embarrassed myself, and, and he looks at me, and he said, honestly, Dad, I just need a fresh start. <laughs> How many of you need a fresh start? How many of you believe a fresh start would be incredible? So you guys are in this sermon series, your pastor shared with me, you're in this sermon series titled Soul Care. And so this evening, I want to preach to you about a fresh start for your soul. I believe that God has a fresh start for your soul. And one of the things, I, I love seeing this. The Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Romans that you and I can understand things about God by looking at nature. We can look at the physical world and see how it all operates. And then we know, okay, that's how God functions. And so we can help apply that to our lives. And one of the things that you and I see in the natural world is that the natural world is consistently filled with fresh starts every year our planet ro rotates around the sun and and we get a fresh start every year you get a fresh start uh, to do that but it's not just on a yearly basis we have seasons at least we do where where Lenita and I live now I grew up in Florida which is kind of like here where it's just hot all the time you get hot and then a little bit hotter that that's just the way it is uh, but 12 years ago, we moved to, to North Carolina, and there they actually have four seasons. You may not believe me, but there really are four different seasons, and winter, spring, summer, and fall. And I love that. Growing up in Florida, you know, I love Florida. I thought Florida was the most amazing place on the planet. And, and then I move up there, and I'm beginning to experience these seasons. I'm like, this is pretty cool. I'm enjoying this. 
You know, I like it when, when it's hot right now and we're going out and enjoying the summer heat and doing things you do in the summer, you know, a little bit of time on the lake or whatever, and then it's going to be coming in the fall, and, and in, in North Carolina, those leaves will just change colors, and they're beautiful colors, and it's just an amazing thing, and then the winter comes. Now, I'm the kind of person, I know this is crazy, I like, uh, like Ansel Adams-type paintings, and you can go out like Kansas or something, and there would just be this, this prairie covered with snow in the winter. And as far as you can see, it'll just be white. I think that's beautiful. And then I love spring. I love when everything starts coming to life in the spring. This is God planting in our solar system, planting in us the idea of fresh starts. There's all these fresh starts that come in our life. There's seasons of fresh starts. But it doesn't just happen in seasons, it happens every month. Every month, you're, you're, there's a fresh start, and then you obviously have weeks, but then you, you have days. Every day is a fresh start. In fact, we see the prophet wrote in Lamentations uh, chapter 3, verse 23, he says, His mercies begin afresh every morning. That's the whole idea that God, every day, is supposed to be a fresh start for your life. You're not supposed to live a life where you just get down and you go down and that's all it is and you're just dragging yourself through life and you had some moment back in your life, like back in, you know, back when you were younger or back when you were a different place and, and that was wonderful and you have the memory of that being wonderful but now everything in front of you is just blurry and you're not even sure where it's going. That's not the will of God. That is not the will of God for your life. When, I, when my grandfather passed away a few years ago, in 2014, November, and within a few weeks, I started going down into depression. He was one of the closest people to me in my life. I talked to him every day. I ate lunch with him, sometimes dinner, sometimes breakfast. It was just a daily thing. We were always together, and I'd never lost anyone close to me until he passed away, and I started slipping into that depression. In about two years, I, I, I dealt with that. And, and it was a struggle, and I prayed, and, and, and God did some incredible things in my life through that. But it's not the will of God that you and I would just feel beat up and worn out and always down. On the contrary, Jesus says in John 10, 10, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it rich and satisfying. That is the will of God for your life, that you would have a rich and satisfying life. Now, I like those words, rich and satisfying. I want to be rich in love, rich in happiness, rich in peace. I want to be rich in all those things. And I believe this is what God wants for each and every one of us, that none of us would ever just get down and stay down, but that we'd be victorious and that we would have wins and that we would overcome and that we'd be on top, that we would be ahead. That's what God wants for your life. And so how do we get that? We have fresh starts. We have moments in our lives when we have fresh starts. Well, there's a story in the Bible that I think is like the ultimate fresh start. Like of all the fresh starts you could ever have, this is a super cool fresh start. A lot of you are probably familiar with this story, and it's, it's probably my favorite story in all the Bible. It comes from the prophet Ezekiel. Now, if you're not familiar with the prophet Ezekiel, you need to go read the prophet Ezekiel. Because like every chapter, Hollywood could make an incredible movie out of it. It's just, just lots of incredible stuff in the book of Ezekiel. So in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1, he makes this statement, the Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. Now I want you to get that mental picture of this valley that is ju just everywhere you look. Now 
and, and, and let's do it Texas style, okay? Like a massive valley. It can't just be a little valley, not, not a little North Carolina valley. It has to be incredibly massive. And let's go ahead and take it a little bit more Texas style. It has to be hot. Like it has to be scorching hot. And just, just like, is that really a number on the thermometer? Like, is that possible? And so, and, and this is where God takes the prophet Ezekiel takes him to this valley of bones, and, and he begins to describe the bones, and he, he led me around the bones that covered the valley floor, and they were scattered everywhere. And so there's no organization. There, there's no way you can look at them and think to yourself, all right, that belongs over here, and that's a body. It's just this scattered mess, just chaos and discord. And some of you feel like that is a description of your life. You're like in this valley, and it feels like there's chaos, and it feels like everything's dry, and it says they were scattered everywhere across the floor and completely dried out, like your life is dried out. That may be something you're like, well, yeah, that pretty much describes where I am right now. Maybe it's your walk with God. Your walk with God, you're in a valley, and there's bones everywhere. They're dried out. It's chaotic. Maybe it's in your relationships, maybe with your spouse or your children. You're just going through a valley right now, and, and it just feels like it's all messed up. Maybe you're in a valley in your career, and it feels like, yeah, like I just don't even know where I'm going to go with this. Like, what's going to happen to me next year or the year after that? And so God does something very uh, interesting to Ezekiel. He asked him in verse 3, can these bones live? Like, can we make these living people? And I, I love Ezekiel's answer. You know, God, I'm pretty sure you know. In other words, I don't have any idea. Like, I would like to believe that they could live, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure they could live. And so here's what I want you to see in this story from Ezekiel. There are three things that take place in this story, and you and I can apply these three things to our life, and if we will apply these three things to our life, we will get into, now remember, we start out by talking about God puts within our, in our, in our nature, he puts a system of fresh starts, seasons of fresh starts, month, week, days of fresh starts, and in this story, you'll see three things you and I can do to put within our lives a system of fresh starts. So you can have fresh starts all the time if you'll just see what's in this story because this is the best fresh start ever. And so God says, hey, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel's response is, well, you know. In other words, I'm not sure. I would like to think they could live, but I'm not sure they could live. Now, how many of you know, like take the Philippines. I, love, I do love going over there, and thank you so much for supporting what's happening over there. But I have a lot of faith for the Philippines. Like, I know God can do great things over there. And there are people that come to our church, and, and I, I see that, you know, God's doing work in their life. And I have a lot of faith that God can do great things in their life. But <laughs> when it comes to me, now all of a sudden, I'm not sure I believe as much anymore. That's where my faith struggles. I believe that God can do supernatural things for you. And if you come up to me after church and you need prayer, I'd love to pray with you. And I'll pray a prayer of faith over your life. And I'll believe that God will do a supernatural miracle for you. But when it comes to me, and I think you and I are alike in that, that we do always have a lot of faith for other people. We can go to Pastor Keating and we believe that his prayers work. But I'm not sure my prayers work. And so here's what I want you to see. It begins with faith, and I love 
I love this is such a cool verse of scripture. In, um, in Mark, there's a guy that comes to Jesus, and, and, he, and he, he says to Jesus, hey, Jesus, I need you to heal my daughter. And Jesus says, I can. Do you believe? And look what he says in this, in this verse of scripture in Mark. He says, I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. In other words, mixed in with, mixed in with my uh, faith is some doubt. Like, yeah, I know, I've seen you do miracles for other people. I'm just not sure you're going to do one for me. I've seen you do the supernatural. I've seen you heal people. I'm just not sure about me. And I, I think that's probably where most Christians are. We do believe in a God in heaven. We believe in miracles. We believe in supernatural. We believe that we can go to Pastor Keating and he can pray over us. We believe in all that. But then when it comes to us personally, we're not so sure about this. And so the very first thing I want you to see in this passage is that you and I, when we come to God and we're talking about this fresh start, God is saying to us, as he said to Ezekiel, do you believe I can give you a fresh start in your life? And you and I are saying to him, you know, oh God, whether you can. How, how about saying this to God? God, I need a fresh start, and I do believe you can give me a fresh start, but there's still a little bit of doubt in me, and so I'm asking you to help me with my unbelief. I'm asking you to help me with the part of me that doesn't believe. Because when you begin to pray that prayer, the faith in you begins to grow up. And you begin to... You begin to experience a level of faith, and, and, and go ahead and pray that prayer every day. You don't have to just pray that prayer one time and then walk away from it. You can keep praying that prayer, and you can experience as this man did, where he prayed that prayer. He said, Jesus, I need you to heal my child. Jesus says, I can. Do you believe? He says, I believe, but help my unbelief. Jesus turns around, works a miracle for him. you got to know that dad's faith went through the roof, that God could do anything for him. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that our faith would grow and that God would help us in the areas we're struggling. Help me where I'm struggling with my faith. And so, so the story continues in Ezekiel 37, verse uh, 4. It, it, I, it's just a super cool story. <laughs> so God says to Ezekiel, all right, I want you to preach to these dry bones. I want, you to, I want you to deliver a word. Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. Listen to the word of the Lord. And that, that is an important factor for you and me, that the word of the Lord. Now, faith, Hebrews says, without faith, none of us can please God. So faith is a must. You have to have faith to please God. Everything you, nothing you do matters if you don't have faith. If you get baptized, but you don't believe in the death, burial, and resurrection, you just got wet. It's all about believing. It begins with faith. But you have to mix into that faith the word of God. And so he says, speak to, I want you to speak this prophetic word. Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath in you, and I am going to make you live again, and I will put flesh and I will put muscles, and I will cover you with skin, and I will put breath into you, and I will make you come to life, and then you will know that I am the Lord. And so Ezekiel said, all right, I did what the Lord told me to do. I spoke this message just as he told me to speak it, and suddenly, as I spoke, 
there was a rattling noise all across the valley, and the bones of each body came together. And, okay, so get this picture now. Come on. You, you have to see this. I want you to use your imagination right here. I would love to see this on the big screen. Uh, Ezekiel's just standing there, and all of a sudden, bones start moving. And, and it just, I don't, you know, the tibia and the fibula and the, and the phalanges, all, I don't, the, the spine, and I don't know what all the bones were. They they're all start coming together, and there's a skull over here that all of a sudden is just bouncing across, and, 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 and the leg bone over here, and, and the knees start coming together, and, it, and all this stuff just happened around. You know Ezekiel had to be losing his mind, standing there watching all this stuff just scooting across the, the desert floor there, and, and he's watching, and I would, I, that would just seem would have been incredible to me, but it doesn't just stop there. Once these skeletons come together, all of a sudden he starts seeing sinew and, and, and muscle tissue and, and ligaments and tendons. All that stuff starts coming on. They're attaching themselves, and, and then the skin just starts beginning to grow all over that. And it, just an incredible scene that, that Ezekiel got to experience there. And, and all of this came from what? All of it came from the word of the Lord. And, and so the very first thing, the very, there's three things I told you that you have to have in your life if you want to develop a, develop a system of fresh starts. The first thing is to be a person who believes. And when you're struggling with your faith, go ahead and ask God to help you. But the second thing is making sure the word of God is in your life. And, and a big part of that is what happens here on Sunday. That's a big part of it. But a big part of it also is what happens in your home on Monday morning. So your church probably does this. A lot of churches do it. Every year in our church, we begin the year with a big push for everyone to to have a daily Bible reading habit. So if you read one chapter a day, three and a half years, it'll take you to read the Bible. Two chapters a day, a little over two years. Three chapters a day, about a year and a half. Four chapters a day, and you'll read through the Bible from January to November. And And we push this. We want our people to continually read the Bible. Now here's, this is crazy. A lot of Christians, I, I, I looked this up just a few days ago just to, to find out. A lot of Christians, they, they ask the question, do you read your Bible on a regular basis? And it's like 80% said yes. Well, I was startled by that number. That was high. And I'm like, wow, that's a really good number. But then I was curious, what is a regular basis? A regular basis meant they read something at least once a quarter. So once every three months, they read something in the Bible. Well, I don't think of that as a regular basis. It's like if you just brush your teeth. <laughs> I, I want you to be a little bit more regular with that, you know. You just bathe like once a quarter. And, and so I, I did a little bit more research, and it turns out most Christians don't read their Bible on a regular basis, at least once a week. And then most Christians have never fully read through the Bible. And so we challenge our church to do this. Now, it depends on where you are in your maturity with God. If you've never read the Bible, please don't start in the Old Testament. Because you're going to get Leviticus, and you're going to become a desert full of dry bones. It it, it just isn't going to work for you. Start in the New Testament. Read that a few times. and, And then... After you've read the New Testament, you understand it, then challenge yourself with some Leviticus stuff. And so we challenge our church to do this. Well, it, when, it was the middle of the year, June or July. I'm at the church, and some, the, one of the ladies in our church comes walking through the doors, and, and I'm, I'm a good ways from her, and she just hollers out, just, just yells out this random statement, Pastor, I did it! 
it's the middle of the year, and I'm thinking, you did what? You just won $999 million in the lottery? Um, you know, what did you do? And, and she says, I, I read through the entire Bible. And I was like, wow, that, that's amazing. I, I love that. I'm so glad that you shared that with me. And I asked her, I said, so how was it? And she said, well, you know what's crazy? Is there's a lot of stuff that's not in the Bible that I thought was. And there's a lot of stuff that's in the Bible I didn't know about. And, and I'm looking at her, I'm, I'm like, this is why I want you to read it. And she told me, she said, every, she goes, all the time, she said, I was just being shocked. She said, I'm opening the Bible. And she said, I felt like every time, she said, I just read one chapter a day. And, but every day when I would read that one chapter, she said, I felt like something jumped out at me. And it just connected to where I was in my life. And there's a reason for that. Hebrews chapter 4, the word of God is alive, for the word of God is alive and powerful it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between the soul and the spirit between the joint and the marrow it exposes our innermost thoughts and our desires the reason that that made a difference in her life is because when you mix faith that's the first thing ezekiel had with the word of god that's the second thing all of a sudden the the discord in your life the chaos starts coming back together again and the bones start having flesh wrapped around them and 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 your your life begins to change now i'm i'm 52 years old i know i don't look anywhere near that but trust me i am uh, and i feel like i look really good for somebody who's like 70 years old so um i i read through the bible um, now, my dad's a pastor, so don't be impressed by this. My dad's a pastor, my grandfather's a pastor, my great-grandfather was a preacher. And so, like, I didn't know that there was anything else you could be. Like, just, that's all I thought you could do. I was like 11 or 12 years old when I read through the Bible for the first time. And then I read through it again by the time I was 16. And, and by the time I was 20 years old, I was reading through the Bible every year. And so I kind of lost count how many times I read through the Bible. I know what's in the Bible. I do. And here's what is what here's what is what you need to, to I want you to receive this as many times as I've read through the Bible. I still read the Bible every morning and every single time there's like this uh, aha moment. Why I should not there should not be any aha moments like if I was going back and reading something of Shakespeare that I'd read 50 times there would be no surprises. I'd be a little bit bored with it. Shakespeare is not anointed. But the Bible is anointed. And, and here's why you keep reading it. Here's why you keep reading it. Because the Bible is shallow enough for our children to play in. Okay? We can teach them when they're two and three years old. We can teach them the Word of God. And they can learn some super cool stuff from the Word of God. But it's not just shallow enough for our children to play in. It's deep enough for you and I to swim. And as, as deep as you go into it, there is still going to be something in there. And so the first thing is the faith factor. If you've got doubt, just pray, pray about it. Second thing is getting in the Word of God. And whatever your church has a Bible reading plan, get into it. It's really cool to do it with other people because then you can talk about it. And you read this and, and somebody else has read that. It's super cool. But here's the third thing we see in Ezekiel 37, verse 9. It says, this, this turns a corner here. He said, then he said, speak a prophetic message to the winds. Now, in the Bible, the wind always is a reference to the Holy Spirit of God. And so he says, speak a prophetic message and say, now, the, the first question was to Ezekiel, do you believe? 
The second thing was the word of God coming in. But now it's changed and it's speaking to the winds. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these bodies so they may live again. And Ezekiel said, so I spoke the message as he commanded me. And breath came in their bodies and they all came to life and stood on their feet, a great army. Now, let me just be honest with you. If I'm standing in the middle of that, I probably would have left the moment the bones began to move. Like, I wouldn't have been hanging out for it to finish. Like, and, and then when muscle and skin and all that starts happening. But now when these dead bodies are getting up, I'm definitely gone. I, I don't know about you guys. I'm just not into horror movies. And that would be the freakiest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And, and so, but Ezekiel hangs out for this. Ezekiel sees this. He sees these people come to life. And how does it come to life? Through the Holy Spirit. This is how you come to life. And so the three things that you and I, if you will get these three things into your life on a daily basis, you will experience that those mercies new every morning. The first one is faith. The second one is just get in your word every day. And then the third one is the Holy Spirit. Here's the problem that I see that some Christians have with the Holy Spirit. They have a one-time encounter with the Holy Spirit instead of a daily encounter with the Holy Spirit. This, this is... I, this was revelatory for me. It won't be for you guys, but it was revelatory for me. When I was, I was just reading through Acts a number of years back, and Acts 2, you know, that's the first time the Holy Spirit's poured out, and all these people receive the Holy Spirit. But then you get to Acts 4. I think it's Acts 4, verse 31. I didn't give you all that verse. Uh, don't worry about it. I just want to reference it. It says that the same people who were filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 were filled with the Holy Spirit again. And when I saw that, I'm like, okay, I, I, believe that I, I believe that I was filled with the Holy Spirit, but I never thought of it as, as an opportunity to be filled again. But Paul wrote this, and in, 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 um, uh, where did he write this? <laughs> Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul write, wrote this, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you look in your Bible, it's not going to say be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the DFW translation. <laughs> and and here's, why, uh, here's why I put it like that. Because in the Greek language, that the, when Paul says be filled with the Holy Spirit, the word he chose to say filled is a continuous filling. It's not a, okay, get filled and you're done, but continually filled. And here's what I love about the Holy Spirit. This is so cool when you think about the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, you have Ezekiel referencing it as a river, you have, so it's flowing. And then you have, you have Jesus referencing in John chapter 3 as springs bursting forth, so that's super cool. You have places where it's referenced as a fire, the Holy Spirit is a fire. And then you have the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost as a wind that is coming and blowing into their life. And so every picture of the Holy Spirit, there's not one picture of the Holy Spirit that's the Holy Spirit, just this static thing that's not moving. In John chapter 3, verse 8, Jesus says, you don't know where it's coming from, and you don't know where it's going. It's always moving. And so what you and I can do in our lives is continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I just believe that. I just believe that I can get up tomorrow morning, and I can read a, a chapter in my Bible, and I can say, God, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, don't, I want that river that Ezekiel was talking about. I want the springs that Jesus talked about in John chapter 3. I, I want the winds that he talked about. 
talked about. I want all these, I want all of that activity in my life. And if you get into that system where every day you're waking up and you're saying, hey, God, I, I, I believe that you can give me a fresh start this morning. Lamentations 3.23, his mercies are fresh every single morning. I believe that you can give that to me. If you start there and then you open up your Bible and you spend a, a, a chapter, two chapters, whatever it is, that is your system. And I, and, and I mean that. I mean system. And some people think, well, oh, that gets boring after a while. We're talking about the Word of God. If you get bored with God, then the issue is not him. I think the issue was us. We shouldn't get bored with God. But then in that prayer saying, I, I don't want to just pray some prayer over, over whatever's going on in my life. I want the Holy Spirit to move through me. I have three kids. I love my children, but I can promise you, I am praying for Elin right now at Collide Camp that she will have an encounter with God that is supernatural. And our son, Reeve, he's... Uh, uh, He's in Poland, and he got shipped over there because everything's happening with Ukraine. He's, he's, um, he tells us what he's doing is top secret. I don't believe that. <laughs> Ain't nothing secret about what you're doing. <laughs> you're 11 Bravo, son, not special forces. So, but here's what's cool. He, they get shipped over there. It's not a military base. They just created a military base. There are no churches. And even if it was, he doesn't understand Polish, so it, it, he's just over there. And so the first day he's there, I asked him, I said, son, did you go to, did you go to church today? And I'm thinking he's going to say, dad, there's not any churches here. And he said, yeah. He said, I, I went and met with the chaplain. And I said, how did that go? And he said, well, honestly, dad, it was pretty boring. You just talked for an hour. And I was like, oh, man, I hate that. And so the next Sunday, I'm thinking, you know, um, I know it was boring, but I hope you still went. And so I, I asked him, hey, son, uh, did you go to church today? And he said, he said, yeah, I got some of the guys in the, in, in the barracks, and we went to church online. They, the, his church is back in Tennessee. That's where he's at Fort Campbell, I think. Um, I should know. But, um, it, it, but the church they go to, there's several of the soldiers, they all go together. And so instead of just on Sundays not doing anything, my 22-year-old son, and Lenita and I are praying for him. God, he's out there all by himself. He could be doing whatever 22-year-olds whatever like doing. But on Sunday mornings, him and his buddies are breaking open the computer, and they're going to church online. Here's what I want you to know. If every single morning you just wake up and say, God, I'm getting myself into a system of fresh starts, and I'm going to believe today, and I'm going to get into your word, and I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would move through me, through my wife, through my son, through my daughters, I believe in that. If you believe in that this evening, will you stand to your feet? Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. Do that real big. Let's do that real big. Now, I mentioned earlier that I went through a season where I, had, I fought with depression. It was a horrible, dark season in my life. I mentioned that, and, and part of the reason I mentioned, I mentioned it on purpose because I, I, I think some of you may be going through difficult situations that you just need for God to do something supernatural. You don't just need the daily fresh start. You're at a point where you're saying, God, I need a whole new season. I need a whole new season. And so here's what I want to do. I don't know how y'all do church here, but here's what I'd like to do. I'd like for anyone 
And it can be anything. It could be at your job. I need a fresh start at work. It could be in your health. I need a fresh start in my body. Like I, I just need God to do some miracles in my body. It could be a fresh start in your finances. It be a fresh start in your relationships, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your kids. It could be a, it could be a fresh start just in your home. Like God, our home is stale. And the greatest fresh start of all is a fresh start with Jesus Christ. A fresh start with Jesus Christ. And so I don't know what might be for you, but here's what I'm asking. If you need even the tiniest little fresh start, I want you to step out and make your way to this, this to the front here with me, this open area. And I want you to do it in faith. And I want you to come saying, God, if there is any doubt in me, I want you to help me. And here's something else I'd like. If you feel like you just have like a tiny need for a fresh start, I want you to come. Because I think there's someone who needs a bigger fresh start than you do who's not sure they want to step out. But if you will step out, you will give them the courage to step out and make their way down to the front of this church. And so our musicians are coming and our singers are coming. And, and, and I'm going to pray. Uh, uh, I'm going to pray over us. And while I'm praying, if you want a fresh start or you need a fresh start, I invite you to step out and make your way down to this front and just raise your hands in the air and begin to begin however you feel led to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, your word, your word, Lord, your truth, Lord, is, revel is revelatory for us. You change everything for us. You change everything for us. You are supernatural. You are healing. You are, you are miraculous. I'm praying, Father, for fresh starts to take place in this altar this morning. Fresh starts, Father, fresh starts.